welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and today I'm joined with my lovely co-host, pop culture critic and dumpster raccoon, Anthony Oliveira. Uh, but nobody cares about me because we are also here with one of the stars of Man with a Plan and Disney's Live and Maddie, one of Ben Stiller's greatest cinematic, cinematic nemeses, and of course, our own beloved Cecily Slash Halfrick. Yeah. That's right. Kali Rosha. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure to be here quarantining it up. Yeah, I know. How is it going for you? Um, you know, it's actually going pretty well. I mean, of course, the numbers are so horrible, but yeah. we're um, holed up in our little house in Lake Arrowhead, so we don't see anybody for days. <laughs> um oh. I know we're living the woodsy life out here. We take walks. It looks like The Shining. It's cool. We're good. We're good. <laughs> you, yeah, you always want to have that Shining reference ready to go. And talk you have to. We have a tree outside of our window. Like you have the flashlight. You're taking the dogs out to poop, and you look up, and you're hearing like, oh it's horrible. God. It's fantastic. I love um, it. I. I have made the Shining references like every other day because I'm quarantined with my parents. So I'm always like, oh, ooh, we got to stop with the questions, mom. Like. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's a crazy experience how are you holding up um okay okay you know every i mean i feel like we're all my mood's so in shift every other day but i feel like that's how yes. we're all feeling right <laughs> yes yes it is it is i just listened to do you know esther perel she's the most amazing relationship therapist she's sort of she's belgian she's renowned she's extraordinary but anyway she was on a podcast talking about what the quarantine is doing to relationships and it's oh. remarkable anyway listen to it dog ear flesh oh, I believe Go. It. i'm quarantined by myself so my shining experience oh. is me and the typewriter and madness <laughs> oh, boy. lots of conversations though but, sure, lots of conversations yeah <laughs> and buffy episodes i rewatched all your episodes last night oh. which was such a pleasure you're on with two gay boys so we're of course huge halfrick yeah. fans you go yeah. girls <laughs> stupid. so stupid so stupid <laughs> thank you thank you i'm loving halfrick i love halfrick she was um she was pretty amazing yeah and um and cecily first right that's how yeah, this cecily, all went down cecily first it was very interesting actually because i had just moved to la um, and my agent was sending me auditions. And so this was, I think my first audition, my first week in LA. Oh and God. I remember thinking it was interesting because of course, Cecily is from the 1800s and she's in a corset and she has ringlets and she has a British accent. And that's pretty much all I did in New York theater. So I was like, Oh, this is going to be easy, man. LA is cool. <laughs> they, they know the boards. You got so, a corset at um, home. <laughs> I, oh, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing it right now. No, <laughs> in quarantine. Keep me thin. Um, no, but I went in there and I remember I met Joss Whedon and we talked for a bit and I just did my my thing. Um, and then I got it. And then, of course, I did the one episode of Cecily. Yeah. Um, I believe that was season six. Am I right? Five. Um, and then five, thank you. Thank you. Um, 48 <laughs> years old over here. And then, um, I remember, th I mean, I loved doing it. And then a year later, I didn't hear anything for a year. And then I got a call from Joss saying, I don't think it was directly him. Could have been, can't remember anyway, but some buddy said, you know, they'd like to offer you, it was my agent. They would like to offer you another character. And this we can discuss because I know that like soon after Halfrick kind of appeared, the internet was abuzz with like, are they the same person kind of right. thing? So we can talk yeah. about that. We can delve into all of that. Right. Okay. Um, um, but so do you want to tell us, well, wait, so before I ask you, um, Kelly, I have a very funny story of, we actually have met before. Okay. Um, okay. I, <laughs> I used to work on the Barnes and Noble in 82nd and Broadway, <laughs> New York. <gasps> yes. And, and one day I was like, I, we were talking and I was helping you at the register and you had me look up your membership and I was like, oh, you played Halfrek. And then I felt so stupid because you're not supposed to do that. When you meet someone, <laughs> but you were like very happy that I, you were like, oh my God, thank you so much. And you like shook my hand and you were like, thank you for recognizing me. And you were like super nice about it. And I was so embarrassed that I like blurted that out. But no, yeah. but you saw my my needy depths. No, that was great. That's great. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. That's amazing. You know, that must have been what year was that? Like two thousand and eight oh, or nine? Eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Because I wasn't living in New York at the time, but I was oh. doing a series in um in New York. So my husband and my 
first child, my son, who was born in 2008. So we moved oh, to New York and I was living in the Upper West Side. So oh. I remember the 86 and Broadway and I was, I don't, what was I buying? Do you remember? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> Scandalous. Scandalous. Pornography. Yeah, yeah exactly. At, at Barnes and Noble, because they've got a treasure trove. Yeah, right. That's selection. where you get the good stuff. Yeah. Oh, the goods. <laughs> um, but I love that. You know, that makes me happy to hear because you, you also never want to hear that you were just the crappiest, you know, that, mm -hmm. and why, like, why right. would anybody ever be crappy hearing that somebody liked their work? I don't think I never get it, but thank you. Um, thank you for that. Yeah, no, it, it was, I wrote, it was funny because I went to, I was in grad school at the time for um, writing and I wrote like an essay about how I was so depressed working that job, but that like you brightened my day that day. And it was like one Aww. of the like few times that it was nice being there. <laughs> That's really extraordinary. I'll take it. That really means a lot to me. Thank you. I'm glad I could do that, and it's been done to me. So thank you. This, I mean, this is an example. Um. <laughs> Sitting here in my pajamas, and someone wants to know about my work. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> but so uh, I always tell everyone to give us their Buffy origin. Do you want to talk about? Um, I mean, you already talked about getting the Cecily role. Do you want to talk about coming back into Halfrecht? Like what you kind of knew about it, how it was coming back to the show. Yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting, I will say, because um, I'm embarrassed to say that prior to getting the job, I didn't, I had never watched Buffy. Mm -hmm. But then once I was on it, then I started really brushing up and, and I was like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece. And I will say I've done some conventions, you know, random conventions yeah. in Milton Keynes, England and Canada and whatever. Mm -hmm. oh. And the number of people who talk about how this show affected them on so many different levels and how many people talk about how it's they parallel it to Shakespeare. You know, they're just like there yeah. are so many chords going on and it's such good writing that um, you know, I I was that was new for me. That was an introduction to the Buffy verse. And it was I was very, very honored to be part of it. But the funny thing is when I came back, this is actually a funny thing I was just thinking about yesterday, um, is that I had come in obviously as Cecily, as I say, then a year passed. Then I came in as Halfrick and that makeup took two and a half hours right. to put on. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> oh, pretty brutal. It wasn't brutal putting it on. It was brutal taking it off. I sort of feel like this was before the days when they figured out like, oh, people have hair on their arms. So when you rip <laughs> off a foam, I mean, tears. One, at one point I was like midnight and I was crying as they were just ripping, trying to like oh, drizzle mineral oil underneath. Anyway, but um, what I realized had never happened, although I'd had now uh, many episodes with opposite Emma Caulfield and we'd gotten mm -hmm. along and we chatted, whatever, is that one time, I guess because, or the first time, because she didn't like the makeup and also her storyline was going in different directions where she was no longer a vengeance demon, she didn't have makeup. So then I, then I no longer had makeup. Right. And so one morning I was sitting next to her in the makeup chair and I thought she was kind of, we chatted, we talked about boyfriends, we had a bit of a, but she was a little cold. And I, I said, so anyway, how's your boyfriend or something? And she was like, he's fine. And I was like, Emma, it's Kali. <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like, oh my God, she had never seen me barefaced. And she, she literally amazing. was like crying. She was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. I'm so sorry. Oh my God, you're so cute. You have a baby face. She had no idea. She had no idea That's she was so talking. Funny. It was so funny. It was you had such gotten a funny to know moment, each other but... with that monster face on. <laughs> totally. And of course I was like, I was like, girl, let's talk about our cramps. Like I had no idea that I had the makeup on. It wasn't, it was not a buffer at all, you know? Right. So it was such a beautiful thing. But I will say by that point, you know, we really, you know, after doing these episodes together, we just, we had hit it off, which is why it hurt extra. I was like, but we're, we're friends, we're buddies. Um, <laughs> but really and truly like going back as Halfrick was just a joy because of course I was able to spread my wings on a show that I'd so enjoyed being on in a totally different capacity in flashback, the night spike becomes a vampire. So mm -hmm. I knew it would never, they're probably never going to revisit that. So right. the idea that they had extended this character up for debate, but extended <laughs> the character that I could then be this totally different person and a little more in my wheelhouse of like comedy and kind of wacky and like casting yeah. spells that trap her, and, you know, um, then I, I, I really, I, then I just spread my wings and enjoyed myself so much, you know. That's kind of the narrative of like your whole career though, right? Like you, you come in, <laughs> you come into roles that are like, it's a small role and then you turn them into these recurring characters then become like season regulars. <laughs> well, 
if you do the blood, sweat, and tears behind the curtain, it wouldn't it wouldn't look like that. I love hearing <laughs> you say that, but you know, certainly on my current show, you know, I what it is true. Man with a plan. I I auditioned to be Kevin Nealon's wife, and no offense to Kevin Nealon, but I was like, I'm. I'm literally like 45 years younger than I was like, there's no way they're going to cat, you know, whatever, but they did. Um, which, you know, only meant that I was old enough to play the part. Um, but anyway, no. So, um, but so I did, and I did maybe one episode and they called me back for another one. And then I think they did sort of realize the chemistry worked. I don't think it's me. I think it's just, I do, I will say I do like to sort of sense what the landscape is of the yeah. tone of the show. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is what an actor's job is. And then just sort of shape shift into like, can I fit into this without being too obtrusive, but still being my personality, you know, trying to yeah. just find that balance. Um, and as my agent said, you know, make yourself indispensable and then maybe they'll make you a series regular, you know? Mm-hmm. So you sort of subtly do that. Not, not on the personal <laughs> side. You're not like, Hey Matt, right? right. <laughs> 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 together. You know, you're not trying to ingratiate yourself. But you are sort of trying to figure out, like, what is your character's um, function in a dimensional way? Does that make sense? You don't just want to be like, I'm Uh, funny. But you want to sort of have layers and help the story. I mean, I think it's a credit to you when you're acting because, I mean, you're very charming. I mean, I can say this. I met you in, you know, 2008 and I thought, oh, wow, she was, like, so nice. And I feel like that comes through with a lot any actors i feel like that are like that it kind of can come through if i mean with the right actor not all of them i guess uh and i think that's a credit to you like people enjoyed halfrecht like immediately i mean <laughs> halfrecht's first scene was like her telling xander well your first scene is halfrecht not cecily but her telling xander like yeah. oh i'm here to curse you and then anya's like oh my god hallie and then you both are like oh hey, my god girl. And, yeah and exactly so <laughs> charming <laughs> thank you Thank you. Was that you? Is that, is Halfrek close to you? Or is that like, were you reaching for something? You were like, oh, I need this like kind of sex in the city energy. Or what was that? Like, how did you find her when she's on the page? That's really interesting. I think that I I can say that I've always found, and and maybe this does carry through into parts that I played. I've never thought about it, but I do always find like um, uh, juxtaposition funny you know, like where it's just like, you know, you, you think this character is one way. And and actually somebody said this to me, this sounds so boastful, but I was about to audition for Grey's Anatomy, which I did a bunch of episodes on as a crazy character. But okay. um, I was in the audition room and a, a woman I didn't even know, but a, a friend of a friend sort of, I she looked familiar. I was trying to be like, hey, I love it. Hey, girl. Same old, same old, hey, girl. But I said, uh, she said to me, oh, I know you. You always go left when I think you're going to go right. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, that that's amazing. I'll take that. That's exactly the kind of actor that I want to be because, you, you, you know, that's interesting to me. I enjoy watching that when I see actors like that. So... I guess in answer to your question, you know, obviously Halfrick is a vengeance demon. Like there's no getting around that. That's what she does. So the gravitas of that and whatever import that has and meaning behind it that, that Joss has written, that's there. So the sort of bubbly, goofy friend thing, I think is actually quite funny. Like that's the, that's the sort of human side to this arc, like archetype of a character that you can't constantly play that, you know, I will vengeance on the children of the, you know, it's, it's no, no one's interested in that. And also I, I don't remember actually if that meeting had been written that way, but I know that, um, as I say, Emma and I were just sort of in sync about who these people were. And so I don't even remember, I feel like it was just like, we both just started doing it and then it was, it was there, you know, it was fun. Uh, yeah. I remember that. It was really funny. <laughs> I mean, that chemistry totally comes through. And I think that, like you said, it's the juxtaposition of you're wearing this, you know, like demon makeup and you're, you know, especially in that first scene, you're wearing like a cape and it's very like grand. And to see a character dressed like that, who you think is going to be scary and imposing to just like then get like down with her like best friend and be like, oh my God, let's talk. Let's have tea. Like I, that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff we love from Buffy. Right. I mean. I was just about to say, I think that's the Joss Whedon sort of magic and also why people responded on so many levels, you know, um, is that it was so, it was so multi-toned, you know, so that mm-hmm, there was yeah. like, there were times you cry. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I was um, demolished, mm-hmm. I had played the scene. 
obviously I had read the script. I had done the green screen. I knew what was coming. And when I watched it at home, I burst into tears. Like wow. it hit so many notes. Cause I was like, but she's been betrayed. Like it was just so powerful. And Anya thought it was her. And then it turns out it was me. And then yeah. poor Anya, like it was so powerful on a show where we could also be like, Hey, Oh my God, how are you? You know? <laughs> so I think that's kind of the genius of the show. And actually um, my kids are nine and 11 and I'm thinking of kind of introducing them into the show. Cause I think they would really get it on their level. Uh-huh, Do you know what yeah, I mean? And there's uh-huh. tons of other themes that people are getting that they will never get or won't get until they're right, older. Right. But um, it's, it's kind of amazing. Uh, yeah. I think his writing was, I want I have always wondered the, pose you strike whenever you teleport was that you or was that in the script (laughs) that was just that was just me being like what sort of like quirky authoritative like and whip like it was just so crazy but then again you know one reason thank you i mean one again one again once again being being in a world where you can do that and people go yeah 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 yeah, that like keep (laughs) that that's funny you know that's a very um that's a lovely feeling (laughs) uh and what about Cecily? Can I can I ask about her? Like, where did she? Because that's a harder part, and she doesn't get to be bubbly and fun, right? Um, how did she sort of take shape? Because you said you'd done a bunch of period stuff before that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's funny because I was rewatching that also um, recently, and I was watching. I was thinking, oh, that's interesting. I um, remembered that it was very important to just that she be conflicted Mm -hmm. and that she not just be pompous Mm -hmm. and sort of like you're beneath me, you know, but that she be conflicted by this sweet man in front of her. And at that point, uh, again, I don't want to second guess sort of the um, writing writing structure that he had in mind. I don't know if he knew that Halfrick would come back. And again, I don't think, and I was never given any um, implication that Cecily was actually Halfrick coming to seek vengeance on the party get like there was none of that so all it was was just a woman who could see this poor poet pathetically writing her things but knew even though she may like him (laughs) she Mm -hmm. couldn't and um and i think that comes through and also working with james was lovely because i think he he really is an actor. Like he, we talked about Hamlet. Yeah. I remember him being like, I really want to, you know, he really had aspirations to do um, theater and he, or maybe he had already done a bunch. I don't know, but he really wanted to talk about the process. And so I feel like together we came up with that thing of like, maybe she does like him, maybe she doesn't, uh-huh. but he really loves her, but she can never love him. And so she feels terrible and she runs away. And then of course he's so distraught. We know the rest. Um, mm-hmm. right. But uh, no, I didn't. Again, I'm. I didn't want to just make her be a pompous lady, right. you know. Right. Um, and she she goes and sits on the couch, and she's she's conflicted. I mean, he's he, it's it's embarrassing to see him laughed at, um, and maybe she doesn't fit in with all those people either. You know, it's it's complex. I think yeah. it's a complex scene. I think I think that really comes across. I was watching it again, and it's like it gave me a very like Henry James kind of energy, like Washington mm. Square. Yeah, like, there's yeah. something of like she's herself kind of damage, and you can like yeah. she's thrown yes. him overboard so they can't get to her. Yes, and, yes, yes. Very interesting. Yeah, really beautiful I see scene. It. Really, be- and then to, <laughs> to go from that, really one of the show's darkest, most conflicted things to Halfrek's energy is amazing, and to think of them as being the same person. It's just like an incredible arc to try to connect. Well, what do you guys think? Because during the shooting of it, there were there were questions. And as I say, as soon as the scene of Halfrick went out or was aired, mm. there was a lot of discussion about Cecily Halfrick, Cecily Halfrick. But I will be honest and say, I never got a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I, wild. So, yeah, no, I was never given a definitive answer. I mean, I think we. People would ask. I don't remember having a conversation with Joss about it. There was definitely never a sense of like, yes, you are Cecily. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was very ambiguous. Maybe he wanted to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. I remember um, at some point, well, obviously there's a scene where I see William mm-hmm. and yeah, we yeah. greet each other and it's a point of recognition. Yeah. So there is a sense that we know each other from a past life. But again, it was never like, it was never fully connected in terms of a story or a character so i didn't feel an obligation to sort of like cram that into halfrick because Mm -hmm. it would have been a little complicated since the only tether to the past was that one encounter with william 
right. you know. You know, it's funny. I found I fell down a Reddit hole of like looking mm-hmm. to see what people said on Reddit. Like there was a thread about Halfrek mm-hmm. and Cecily. Uh, and like, you know, people pulled quotes that you had given at Comic-Cons or that Joss had given in Comic-Cons mm-hmm. or interviews. Um, and everyone kind of landed on what you said. Like, there isn't really a definitive answer, but we're pretty sure they're the same person. Right. And, you know, like, I mean, I say this as a person who runs a Buffy podcast, but like some fans are really good at like remembering exact facts. And later right. in season seven, there's a flashback episode of uh, Spike biting his mother. And the mother mm. talks about how she knows Cecily's family. So people were mm. like, yeah, but then it couldn't have been a vengeance. De- Cecily couldn't have been a vengeance demon if they knew her family. But maybe right. that was like a thing she created because, you know, vengeance demons are kind of their powers are kind of limitless. Totally. If you get into like the wish stuff. Totally. So I, 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 I fall on. Yes, they are the same person. Uh, right. Anthony, where do right. you fall? <laughs> I, um, I know Peter David wrote a graphic novel that has Halfrek and Cecily in it. And in that he establishes that she's undercover and that's kind of why she can't be with him. But I, I like, especially rewatching it last night, it's just like the performance is so clearly that this person, like she has a story. It's not that she's just like gotten entangled with a person who and she's busy. It's that she is herself conflict. Like again, like I, I keep seeing. Actually, I see a lot of Olivia De Havilland in you. <laughs> like, there's a lot of that kind of like brilliant <laughs> comic vulnerability. And like, I would love if it were me. I would love to have Cecily be a real historical person who knew William. And this, we catch her just as her story is kind of starting. That mm-hmm. um, she becomes a vengeance demon after these events. Um, mm-hmm. Because she, yeah, she also has the yeah. thing with her with parents, right? There's another major part of her yes. character, yeah. um, exactly. which again goes to that like Washington Square thing. Like, what if what if her desire to fit in has forced her to reject this person that could have been perfect for her? That's and then right. you can do like a story that takes her to DeHoffrin from there. I think that's right. That's right. And helping Dawn and you know trying to protect children from being you know neglected or lonely or whatever their needs are. I mean, I think that's interesting because you know. It's a whole lot easier as an actor to play that Cecily's an upper crust woman who may or may right. not be attracted to this poor poet right. and right. has to reject him for those reasons than that actually she's a vengeance demon. But like that's just so right. complicated right. to play. I don't even know where to go with that. Like that's not a that's there's no purchase there, you know. So yeah. and it's um, sad. <laughs> Yeah, it's just sad. Then it's just like a skate, like a scythe. You know, you're right. just swinging a scythe, and I don't know. That's not interesting. And the interpersonal is always more interesting to me. And that that's again kind of why I thought the show was so interesting is that it's dealing with all these sort of like fantastic, excuse me, fantastical ideas and characters. But there's so many interpersonal relationships happening. It justifies it. You know. Hmm. I mean, so so you. So where do you fall on that? So you fall that you think they're the same person too? <laughs> I, 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 what I, what, the way I fell, and, and you're right, I have answered this because people ask at conventions I remember were really, they just, well, that's the only time I ever really talked to a group of yeah, people yeah. who watch it. And um, I always erred on the side, but it was, it was retrospective. It was a, in retrospect right. that they were mm-hmm. the same person. And then, of course, when called upon to connect them, like when Halfrick sees William and says, William, you know, yeah. <laughs> then I I can justify it. But the rest of the scenes, I wasn't I wasn't entirely sure how it would benefit Halfrick to still keep thinking, oh, I'm really Cecily. Right. Yeah, and since true. I did Cecily first and she's really the one who would be informed by being Halfrick, then I luckily didn't have that burden. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone wants to like attributed to the genius of Joss Whedon but actually it's it's your genius that you're back right like (laughs) you were so great at Cecily they were like well we have to bring her back and really now that I think about it you're all you're in the makeup the whole time in your first episode like it's when you come back in the third episode and we see your real face as Mm. Dawn's guidance counselor it's only then that that reveal is really possible um, that's true. I had never thought of that. That of course, when they see Halfrick, there's not there's nothing to say that Cecily. Right. Yeah. You're in. You're like sipping tea later in that scene, still in the makeup, right? Like you suffered right. My, through that whole episode. I did. I, did. I enjoy. The weird thing is, I did enjoy being in it. I did enjoy having it put on. It was very meditative. Having it on was lovely. It's the ripping my arm. <laughs> I right. just remember the pain upon pain. What was it like um, looking but, in the mirror when it's on? Like, do you, yeah. does it change the performance? Does it like, oh, who is this person? 
That's interesting. Um, I think that because it was such a harsh look, you know, with the curls. So, I mean, I'm like literally tails from the crypt. I mean, I've been all that skin on my face has fallen off. So, um, I think it made certainly compared to Cecily, it made me feel very sassy, Uh you know, very sort of like I could do the flourishing hands to take a spell, you know, like it wasn't, but where Cecily was so vulnerable, I feel like then, um, it was, it was like mask work. I mean, it literally is a mask. So Mm -hmm. there's something fun about that. And it does add to the character. Um, but it didn't, it didn't overwhelm it. I didn't feel like, Oh, I have to talk in a funny voice. You know, (laughs) I just felt like I could just be me. And then with this, this crazy outfit and this hair and this, this, this makeup, you Uh know? Um, so what would be one of your favorite moments you got to do as Helfrick? Um, well, for some reason, well, I loved, I loved being, um, the guidance counselor only because there was a tidge of insincerity in it, you know, because I knew it was a ruse, but I also love being that heartfelt. I feel you girl. I know, I know your parents, they don't get, you have to lock you in the house. I just liked that. I like that balance. I don't know. It was so, it was so cunning, but I enjoyed it. Um, but I really enjoyed doing the um, Russian revolution scenes. Oh yeah. You know, where we went back and, and we were just sipping tea and the the world was falling (laughs) apart around our ears. And it was just like, it was amazing. And it was fun. And, and fun fact that little braggery here, but I was actually in New York at the time doing, um, noises off on Broadway. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they, but they, they had set up this character and I had to do it. So they flew me in over a weekend on my dark day on Monday. So I think I left like on a Sunday morning or after the matinee and then shot all day Monday. I shot like a ton of scenes for that episode in the Russian revolution da, 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 and then went back to New York and did the play. It was so crazy. I mean, talk about feeling like a superstar way back when. Um, anyway, no. Um, oh, that's right. You did all your season seven stuff at once, right? You did the did. coffee scene with Anya yes. for the first episode yes. and then the Russian revolution. And then you green screened your death scene, right? Yeah. Like, that was, And that's the one where I was like, again, I don't understand what I was thinking because I knew what was happening. I knew that flames <laughs> were coming out of my throat. He told me, arch your back, open up. There's flames. You're dying. I was like, okay, great. Then I watched it. I was like, she's dying. <laughs> I was just like, so it was really profound. It was, it was really a heartbreaking storyline for Anya too. I mean, that was really hard, yeah. you know? Well, it, it weirdly is one of the only pure things in her life, right? Like that friendship has no guile mm. in it, right? Like That's you, right. You have a great like frenemies quality to their relationship too, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both powerhouses. I mean, they're not, you right. know, they're girls, but they're powerhouses and they have a lot of power as Vengeance Demons. So yes, there's there was there was that. And she played that perfectly. I mean, we played it well together, I thought. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing oh, how sure. you say things to her that are just like, they're simultaneously compliments and insults. Yeah. And it's so yes. beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that everyone's mother? I was just having this <laughs> yeah. conversation. So my husband is the sound mixer for This Is Us. I don't know if you, oh, yeah. oh, you nice, know that show. Nice. Anyway, yeah. um, Klunka. But um, so the, my, our kid, in quarantine, our kids and um, my husband and I have been watching it. And it's amazing. It's so amazing. And it seems like it would be, such heavy topics for, for that age kids Mm -hmm. to get, but they really understand. So, so compassionate, such a beautifully written show. But we had this conversation last night about Mandy Moore's character, Rebecca, and Mm -hmm. how she was a singer, obviously. And then Chrissy Metz's character, Katie is a singer. And then the things that mothers say, like, Uh you know, (laughs) Rebecca goes up to Katie at one point and says, Oh, that was a great con, you know, so she's singing in a cafe. Chrissy is. And, Mm -hmm. Rebecca goes up and says, oh, that is a great, you did great, sweetie. And, you know, when you get into bigger crowds, you'll really be able to power through the crowd, you know. And the kids were like, that's not, wait, that's not a nice thing to say. Just like, and I was like, welcome to passive aggression. Door is open. It is a long corridor. Which you are Um, an expert on. I am. I am. And I don't know why. I love it so much. I love it. It's just the tight smile and the just, it's restoration comedy, you you know, it's uh-huh. just amazing. I, I and I mean, I love my mother dearly, but she does say things sometimes where oh. I think, do you not hear that that is not 
all that kind. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel good. Have you done uh, a lot so, of restoration comedy stuff? And... Um, I mean, I remember I did Travesties. Do you know that? Uh-huh. It's a yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. Tom Stoppard yes. play. It was at Williamstown, but it was based on, it had a lot of like restoration comedy um, elements to it. So uh-huh. uh, we, we did that at Williamstown. It was fantastic. And I remember the whole point of, I'm forgetting the other Cecily and the other woman's name. Actually, her name was Cecily. Isn't that funny? That's all they do is play Cecilies. Um, <laughs> but they uh, they were having a scene with tea where, of course, they were insulting each other. Two lumps of sugar. <laughs> I wouldn't if I were you. You know, that kind of thing. Like, so funny, but smiling. Yeah. And I love that stuff. I mean, that's also... I would say meet the parent, like that kind of crazy, tight, smiling, but daggers. I I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking like, you'd be, I'd love to see you do like importance of being earnest or (laughs) I'd love to see you do Goneril in King Lear. I think that would be amazing. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody would pay to go see that, but thank (laughs) you. I I don't know. It's funny. I would love to do that. I would love, love, love to do that. Oh man, it's just so you don't know you don't know where that comes from. You don't know where that energy in your life is like this need to exercise this like mm. that even that um, meet the parents role where it's just like authority that is being wielded casually comes from. <laughs> well, that's funny because I do say to I thank my mother daily that you know she's given me a career um, <laughs> because and she doesn't get it. She's very funny. She's very wry, you know, and she has a good sense of humor for the most part about about herself, you know. And she, but she was raised in the Middle East in British schools because her father was a foreign service officer. So she was raised in a certain proper, you know, proper British. She's mm-hmm. not British, but she has a sort of British proper upbringing in a way. Right. But she's a very very highly opinionated person. So she can't not express the opinion, but she does it so nicely. (laughs) And so you're like, I think I just got slapped (laughs) with words, but you're smiling. And it's so confusing, and I, I, I just eat that up. So I suspect it, it came at mother's knee, but I don't, I don't Mm. entirely know. But I, I know that I have always loved that kind of character, always. You know, it's funny because I, I said this when we covered, um. Because we do like episode by episode. Yeah. And Anthony and I actually, we did uh, Double Meat Palace, your first Hellfreck mm. episode. Yep. Yep. And as I think when I watched those scenes when I was younger, I thought, oh, Hellfreck's just being mean. But as an adult, I'm like, but Hellfreck mm. is right. All of the things she's saying to Anya, <laughs> like when Anya's like, oh, you know, it's hard to love me. And Hellfreck is like, oh, who told you it was hard to love you? Like, right. that's right. That's, as an adult, you're like, that's true. You should say that to your friend, right? You know? Right. Right, right. And it's funny how you can read it differently at different ages in your life. Well, that's really interesting. I think um, I suspect even as an actress, I would do it maybe differently now. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I, yeah. being older now and understanding that a little more complexly, I, I suspect I'd bring something different to it, which is why it was kind of great to be in your 20s with Emma doing that. Like, mm-hmm. because yeah. you're you're figuring that out and a friend is telling you that and it, you know, it's 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 a very interesting time to have that kind of friendship, you know, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, um, I don't know. I don't know oh, as I was doing it. I'm sure actually I can answer. I, I, I'm sure I was not trying to be mean, <laughs> but right. I do know that I felt that the character was written to be the voice of reason, you know, uh-huh. and to be some kind of like, as I say, sassy, but also just very like blunt friend yeah. who gives it to yeah. you straight, you know? Um, and I liked that. I enjoyed that quality about her because I don't think, I mean, you always see like, uh-huh, don't, don't, you, know, you know, like you dump him or whatever. You see those <laughs> right, characters, right, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. But they're not very dimensional. And because I thought she yeah. was pretty dimensional, I thought that was an interesting um, experience to be able to just be like, no, I, I'm not afraid of Anya. You know, I can right. just tell her she seems to be coming to me for advice and I'll I'll give it to her. Right. You know. Yeah. Did you ever regret that you didn't get to have more scenes with the other actors? Were there any you were like, oh, I wish we could have played a scene together um, that maybe you were talking to backstage or whatever beforehand? I definitely think that James and I hope to do more together. Uh-huh. Um, because as I say, I think we really enjoyed the actor in each other. Like I think it was like, oh, yeah. that was fun. You know, we played, we, I don't know, you know, at that point I hadn't done a ton of TV. Um, so I don't think I yet understood the incredibly difficult position it is to be a guest star 
and how <laughs> remarkable it is when the series regulars are kind to you and are welcoming. And honestly, it's been a mission uh, and I, I think I've achieved it, which is every single guest star that is on a show that I've been a series regular on, I wrap them up into the, I'm like, guys, come on, this is Kevin. He's going to play in the drugstore clerk. Like, he's really awesome. He's from Boston. Guys, you know, Boston, like, you know, just trying to bring the people in because as a friend of mine once said, you know, we cannot forget it's called guest for a reason. You know, like yeah. you bring them, they're, you're not, they're not extras. They're not, you know, right. so to go to, to be really new to LA, I mean, P.S., I had gotten my driver's license a week before I moved to LA. So oh, wow. I was, I was, and I had moved out with a friend slash boyfriend. Um, anyway, before I knew true love, right, honey? No, talk to my husband. Um, but anyway, moved out with a boyfriend and uh, he drove and, but that relationship sort of very amicably fell away. But mm -hmm. So then I was fully on my own. I mean, it felt like World War II. I was like, oh, they're off fighting. I got to figure this out. So if I got a car, like, I just got to drive. I got I got stuff yeah. to do. So I I was doing that. Um, so to come in, to be new to LA, to be a guest on a show that was already well underway and everybody yeah. knew each other and had been, you know, made connections and relationships. I really credit James Marsters for being so, so welcoming and so respectful of me as an actor coming in, uh, he didn't know me. It's not like I was a famous person, you know? So, mm. um, I do wish we'd had a chance to do more either as Cecily and Spike or somehow, you know, as Halfrick and Spike, you know, whatever, that would have been mm. fun. Um, I but I really enjoyed had like a radio drama going during the quarantine. <laughs> Listen, Brent, where is he? Where is he? No, I, I watched his. He'd be down. hundred percent be down. <laughs> He'd be totally down for that. That's hilarious. Um, Really quick question about him. I don't yes. think I ever fully figured out why he has such an amazing British accent. Right? Oh, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, did you watch that video I sent you that he did? Yes. And, yes. Right, he, he just stepped goes into right it. Seamlessly. <laughs> I was like, Sybil. I was crazy. I was like, that's amazing. Because, I mean, I think I. I carry in my head that he is British. And then when I watched yeah. the video again, I was like, oh, right, right, right. He's not, he's not British. <laughs> right. So I don't quite get that. Does, do we know why he has such a good, a British, like is his, is his dad British or something or that's know. just crazy. You know, Ian? I have no idea. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. He, he does it so well. And the way he just, cause of course I didn't oh. ask him to do the accent. I would never ask someone to do that, but he of just course. did it because he wanted to. And I was like, Holy oh crap. God. He can still like this many years later, slide back into that spike accent, which totally. is a very specific one. Right. Yes. Yes. It feels sort of Liverpudlian or something like there's mm -hmm. like yeah. elements of, you know, Oh, that's right. Cause he's also doing a different accent in your scene with him. Cause he's doing the more crisp, yeah. Like almost like RP accent in when he's William, yeah. right? Oh, bless his heart. I know that's so sad. He looks at that <laughs> wig or the hair or whatever that. Oh, yeah. poor guy. Poor guy. Crispy curls. Oh, so cute. <laughs> so um, sweet. So, I do have a few more questions. What, please? In Hell's Bells. Do you think yeah. Halfrek was Halfrek supposed to be Anya's maid of honor, or was she just one of the bridesmaids? That was a question we had when we were talking about the episode. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I had that fancy green dress on, so I oh, think she was already keep it. Oh no, God! Where am I? I'm gonna wear that to the yeah. Here's my interview. My interview. Yeah. <laughs> you're wearing <laughs> yes, it now. Yeah. Uh, uh, listen, it's a little tight. I'm not gonna lie. No, um, it's quarantine brownie time. Okay, right, yeah, let's oh, get right. my comfort food. No, um, no, I did not steal it, but I loved it. And I think that's an interesting question. I think I did think I was going to be Anya's bridesmaid and then was not. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had, okay. it was such a cast of characters. It wasn't De Hoffren there. Like it was yeah, everybody yeah. was there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Did you have scenes with the actor who played De Hoffren? You had that I kind did. of exchange there. I did. Because he a lot of fun. Like you have the same oh. kind of delight at playing against the costume. That's right, except I don't think I would know him if I saw him walking down the street. That's what's crazy. Uh, so his long earlobes, that crazy thing he had. Um, yeah, we enjoyed each other a lot, but I, I, I don't even remember. I'm sorry to say that actor's name. I wish. Isn't that crazy? It's such a weird universe where you can act. I should know his name. Because he's like, he's like you. He's one of those actors who comes back into all of Whedon's shows because he loves them oh. so much. So. Yeah. yeah. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. No, not like me. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, I always wanted to work with Joss. It's funny. I ran into him. Um, I was doing another show, a guest spot, on another show on a lot 
excuse me, that was not the Buffy lot, but it was like a year later. It was right. Angel. I don't forget. But yeah, I anyway, and I, I was had curlers in my hair and I had makeup and long eyelashes and I was in the cafeteria behind him. And, you know, I don't know why. I Anyway, he said, Kalia, it's Joss. And I was like, hey, I totally didn't recognize him. <laughs> I was paying it forward to Emma style. I don't know. He didn't have makeup on though when he hired right, me. Yeah. So he, I have no excuse. Where's those right. demon ears? Yeah. He does. He does. The red hair. And, um, but no. Uh, so in answer to your question about people that I would like to have worked with, I would also, I thought Michelle um, Trachenberg was great. Oh, yeah. And I would like to have done a bit more with her. Although we had our good storyline, but um, I thought she was really a very mature and and uh, fun actress to play off of. So, hmm. Hmm. Uh, it's funny that funny that you just mentioned that you didn't recognize each other. I once interviewed <laughs> for a job at one of the bigger comic book places, and yes. I didn't hear back from the job. I didn't get it, and the person hmm. stopped me at Comic Con to like say hello and talk to me. And I <sighs> was like, "I'm sorry, remind me your name." And I was like, "Oh, of <gasps> course, a guy that I interviewed for a job that I really wanted." <laughs> oh, like, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh god it's so awkward it's so yeah. awkward how do you handle that i mean i know on sets because of course i'm 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 on you know we're all on sets we're all doing that but you there's no way you can remember everybody's name right. unless you have ocd or or apparently milo yeah. ventimiglia knows every single person's name from top to bottom on this it's extraordinary but i'm not that i'm not that person so you know how do you go like hey you you know <laughs> right. good to see you or yeah i don't know how to handle that because it's far too late to be like sorry i know that you're my wardrobe person who brings my wardrobe every day <laughs> what's your name again you know you just it's so awkward oh, it's so I, awkward. don't worry i worked at the metropolitan museum of art as like a merchandiser for i think oh. a year and there was an older woman who called me aaron every <gasps> single day oh, i let her because whatever oh. who cares yeah right and when i left she like my last day she was like aaron i wanted to say bye to you and someone said to her who the hell is aaron and she was oh, like oh no that's his name. And the other person was like, no, his name is Ian. And she was like, why didn't you correct me? And I was like, I'm, oh, no. I'm Wait, how did it come back to you? You were nice. How did it come back right. on you? It's terrible. She like felt but, so dumb that I hadn't corrected course. her in like the year, but I just, it was fine. I like, know, I know, you know, I know, I know. I believe me, I get it. I Callie, you know, and so you just go with it. I'm no. not going to, because it's also, that's a little bit edgy with the sweet old woman at the Metropolitan. You're not going to be right. like, listen. Ethel, you know, yeah, it's Ian. Listen, they get it right. No. Did you have anything to do with their catalogs? Because their catalogs are, or their store. Yeah, it was, I was a merchandiser. I was a merchandiser for the stores. Um, oh my God. It was, I don't know if you remember, it was a few years ago when they had the punk exhibit. Yes. Wait, yeah. wait, Gothic. No, you mean like Byzantine? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That was something different. No, I went, I saw um, like the, biz, when they, did the Byzantine? That was like a couple of years ago. That was extraordinary. Think, Forgive me. No, I did not see the punk exhibit. Oh yeah, it was. It was like because I now it's been three years since I lived in New York, but it was like they had a some kind of Victorian. It was like I started when they had I forget what it was called, like a Victorian era mm -hmm. fashion exhibit, and then mm -hmm. they had a punk exhibit. And I was like the head wow. merchandiser for the punch. <gasps> Let me tell you, it was a terrible job. I hated it. <laughs> Why? That sounds like, I mean, to me, that makes my mouth water. I'm sure, again, behind the scenes, it's a lot more red tape or bureaucratic crap. But like just the idea that you could be responsible for in any way for the, like finding, promoting, selling merchandise was in that aesthetic is so mouthwatering to me. Or is that not at all what it was? Uh, it was, it was more like they, you, they gave you what was going to be there. You had to set it up nice um, mm, and like mm. make sure it was all like the shelves, you know, uh, because the stuff they sell in the fashion exhibits is like really expensive. So I'd be like only yeah. two shirts at a time can like be out on the floor. And uh, I stuff see. Like that. I see. Yeah. Interesting. Speak to you. What is it about that that makes you your mouth water? Yeah. I think I, I love costume. Yeah, I love okay. costume editing, which is why the rush, I was like, of course it's bringing it on. Like, I just love it so much. And I love, um, like, gift shops. <laughs> so somehow <laughs> the connection between the idea that somebody makes a postcard of the dress that I saw upstairs. I mean, I really do collect. I have more postcards than is really reasonable. And papers and fabrics and I have a craft room that is, it's so my brain, but it's a hot mess in there. It is, a, it's horrible. I mean, you just can't go in there, but it's, it makes me so happy to collect 
little antique cups that I found at a yard sale, a little oh. bead dish. I make jewelry. I make, I put together, um, this is so gross, but I was going to make a jewelry line once called Rocycled. Get it? R-O-C-Y-C-L-E-D. Oh my God. Is she ever? Restoration comedy, don't you know? But I just love pulling apart. I mean, I have friends who send me like their grandmother's jewelry that's broken or that they don't need anymore or this or that or yard sales. I just, I love pulling apart different time periods and then putting them together again, all sort of eclectically, you know, so, oh, wow. so and then, yeah. Alfred is like to, perfect for you because she's oh, like, she's this fantastic. weird like um, time capsule, right? She lived through the Russian revolution, but here she is having like a latte with her friend, right? On the patio. That's ex- exactly right. <laughs> and P.S. She was also in the 1800s in a corset with ringlets rejecting right. a poor boy. Like, I just love that stuff. I are really, you an Austin I just, fan? Um, what does are that mean? A, are you a Jane Austen fan? Like oh, oh, oh. Red I was like, and... I love Texas, but what do you mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Woohoo! Prefer? Um, no, I, uh, of course. Yes, yeah. of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's so funny. Just quickly, we were watching Titanic the other night, as you do during quarantine. Right. And um, uh, I guess that I I get so tired of it that people are like, you know, you look a little like Kate Winslet. You know, you look a little like Kate Winslet. <laughs> so we were watching it in the first scene of Kate Winslet coming off there with a big hat. And she looks up at the Titanic. And my daughter's like, Mom, that looks like you. And my husband's like, Really? Yeah. I was like, yeah, well, you, no, 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 honey. I mean, I'm your wife. You're like, clearly you see the connection. She's like, I don't, I'm not getting it. I don't, I mean, maybe when you were younger and I was like, oh, wow, 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 wow. Thank you so much. No, he tells it like it is. He tells it like it is. On Live and Maddie, when I got that job, I remember I had just gotten the job. We were at a party or something and I was like, guys, isn't this crazy? Me, <laughs> me. I'm going to be the mom of four teenagers. Crazy. And my husband was like, well, you know, numerically it is possible. I was like, oh, no. let me get my last okay let's just let's just bring it no good sentence starts with numerically you just can't it's never going to work not we're 40 year old woman um yeah perfectly Listen, time i'm cough. 30 i'm 37 and i work with well when i still had a job um yeah. i worked with uh two 19 year olds who were like wow you actually could be our dad i was like oh, oh god wow. no no, it's not helpful information. No, it's not. It's not. Also because like, especially in Live and Maddie, I would play around, like joke around with these kids who were like yeah. 20, whatever, you know. And then finally I was like, I re- I'm, not only could I be their mom, I'm playing their mom. Like I'm literally, <laughs> I could I could have birthed them. It's just shocking. It's shocking because I don't feel that. I don't feel not only physically, but even sort of mentally, I don't feel the age that I numerically am, you know. Right. I I mean, I always say that the shock hit me. Um, the show Riverdale, they have all the parents are, you know, famous from other shows like Twin oh, Peaks yeah. or, sure. you know, whatever. And I was thinking like, oh, that's so cool that the parents are like a nod to maybe older viewers. And then I was like, oh, my, oh my God. God, I'm the older viewer. I'm the older <laughs> viewer. I know. It's really frightening. It's really frightening when that happens. I know. It's really yeah. crazy how often that happens, too. And also when I see pictures, I'm like, because I don't really do Facebook or anything, but if occasionally I catch a picture of somebody, I'm like, mm-hmm. God, they have so many wrinkles in their fur. Well, I guess I <laughs> went to college with him and I'm the same age. So <laughs> look in the mirror, sweetheart. He's yeah, amazing. quarantine, I've noticed like, you know, because you know, you're not, you're not shaving your beard as much. You're not doing your hair as much. No, uh, no. I looked in the mirror and I was like, ooh, these oh, rays. Grizzles. Ooh, we got to get rid of them. Is that why this is a podcast, not a video <laughs> thing? Because. Listen, it took an hour to get looking like I did on my promo. (laughs) Let me just tell you something. That was that was also using like three little tiny sticks of makeup that I have in a drawer up here. It's so pathetic. But um I have have a YouTuber friend who he likes to go live, but he'll text me like, oh, wanna go live in an hour? I'm like, you need to give me more time. Maybe I need to get some cover up on. Like (laughs) I know. It's not. And then it's a flattering angle and the not flattering. And you just gotta work it out. It's really it's crazy. I also wonder how many people's hair will go gray, not because it's turning gray, but because you can't go to the salon, you know, like oh, my neighbor no. came over to get something like six feet away. She dropped something off and I was like, oh, <gasps> like it, she had, <laughs> I mean, whatever, Grazilla, what's her name? Like it just looked <laughs> like Lady Frankenstein. I was like, oh. oh my God, I so did not know that about you. But I, I have administered yeah. two self haircuts in the time we've been in quarantine. 
And Nothing. I don't know. I do not know what's going on at the back of my head. I don't want to know yeah. what's going on at the back of my well, head. Well, also, you're li- you said you're alone, right? So you can kind of ish get away with like oh, nobody. Yeah. Nobody cares even if their people are with you. We right. all have like hairs growing out of our moles. Like it's not. It's just <laughs> we're, it's it's the witching hour, you know. I mean, everyone's it really become is. very like primal. Like anything goes. Bears in a cave. <laughs> I think it would be so fun to write a show that was just called Halfrack with like an exclamation uh, mark and was just oh. her. But you'd have to put on that makeup every week, which would be hard. Would I? I mean, we if you're right the, around like, it. the number one on the call sheet, can't you just say, you know what? It hurts. It hurts my hairs. I can't do it. Listen, I Jennifer just... Lawrence did it for X-Men, so I think you can That's do it, right. right? Yeah, we can. Yeah, I'm starting to pull easier. my own weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, okay, it's about time. Okay, CGI has time. improved. Maybe we can just CGI it these days. Maybe, yeah. although I've been noticing the old, the like, on again, various shows where they sort of try to young people down. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Where they yes, do the, yes, digitized... the digital mask. It's tricky because then the actor looks like they've had work done. Yes. Yep. And that's yes. not really fair. You know? Yep. And then I, it looks I like I they're watching that. Wendy Malik and I was like, no, she doesn't she doesn't do that. That's not her. She looks like she's <laughs> right. had a knot of skin in the back of her head, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it yeah. makes them look like very plastic, right? Yeah. Yes. 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 Do you have a lot of uh gay men stop you? I'm sure you do, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I was gonna say yes. I was gonna make a dumb joke like yes, but not for Buffy. It's for my shoes. No, stupid. So stupid. So dumb. Um, yes, I do, and I have a lot of gay friends. You know what I mean? Not not even ones who watch Buffy, but uh, yeah. I have to say, like sensibility wise, it's so. I mean, all of my twenties when I was in and out of relationships, and frankly, my early thirties, like that's my posse. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. interesting too that that is also when I was doing Buffy because. I remember I had a group. Well, Tom Link is a pal of mine. You yeah, know? yeah. I hope yeah. I'm not publicly outing him, but like, oh he's no, he's a sweetheart. He, I'm friends <laughs> with him too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but um, you know, so I was in a posse with him, Sam Pancake, Jack Plotnick. Like, just that's my that was my like pre-marriage posse. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and nice, I, nice. I love you. Were on Will and Grace too, weren't you? Yes, I was, yeah, but yeah. I thought he was straight. I felt betrayed <laughs> that he was gay. It was not. It's not a a gay loving character. She was like, what? He stood me up. He's like, I'm fully gay. I don't know what you misunderstood about, about this show. Um, no, that was a really that was super fun. I loved it. And I, P.S. I, oh yeah, no, I did a movie with um, Emma Timer. Did she talk? I don't know if oh, you did. Right, her, but, yeah. Oh, it's such a good movie. Emma is one of my, uh, she's like the white whale. Her and Charisma, yeah. and I just got Charisma, and now oh, my yeah, goal good. is to get Emma. <laughs> she's so lovely. I'm sure she'd be so amenable. She's like just so lovely. I don't know where she is or what she's doing, but. Um, she's in a bunker somewhere right now, for sure. Are we all? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting to bite the cyanide pill. No, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> and he's elected for another four years. No. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm only joking. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and, you know, hanging out with two gays who love Buffy. This has Listen. been such an honor. I cannot tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. Nowhere else I'd rather be right now. I got to tell you. <laughs> really lovely. Thank you, guys. And thank you for taking me down memory lane on Buffy because that was a very, very special job in my life. And uh, I'm grateful to it for so many reasons. So thank you. I really, I really yeah. appreciate it. And, uh, so thank you all for listening. If you want to follow SlayerFest98, you can find us on social at SlayerFestX98. We are on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. If you like us, you subscribe to our Patreon. My social is Carlos on all platforms. Anthony, where can everyone find you? I am at Mia Koopa on all platforms. Terrible Latin joke. Um, and Kali, how do people find you? Where do they find yes. what you're up to these days? Well, I'm the worst with social media, but I am at Kali M. Rocha at Twitter handle at. Is that right? Is that how that works yeah. with Twitter? Okay, yeah. So check it out. You can see my once a year post. Yay. They're worth Thank the you wait. so much. Thank <laughs> yes. you. Yes. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye.